today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Beloved, our hearts have to be set on missions, have to be set on helping the poor, have to be set on not just living for ourselves. Before you know it, life will be over. The days on this earth will come to a screeching halt, and some people are going to be in a terrible crash. They're going to be standing before God and their credit line isn't going to mean anything and their money is not going to mean anything. Their position is not going to be anything. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet What we have materially in this world won't be coming with us when we die. When we reach heaven, It won't matter how big our house was or what our position at work was. As we walk through this life, we shouldn't allow our focus to land on these worldly symbols of status. Our focus should instead be on sharing Jesus with everyone we meet. Today's message from Pastor Ed shows us how important it is to have a mission mindset and to look for ways to help others and build up eternal treasure in heaven. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. what we do for Christ really that last. It's only what we do for the kingdom of God that has eternal value. We have to stop thinking of this present world as our final destination, as our home. We have to start as Pentecostal Christians, as charismatic Christians, to think about our eternal home. See, this is only where we're passing through. It's only a place where we're journeying. We have a final destination and that's heaven. And we ought to be thinking, Lord, I want treasures in heaven. I want to win souls for you, God. I want to give to you. I want to build treasure in the kingdom to come. That should be the passion that we have and the burden that we have in our lives. Amen? So many sell out God for money. In the Old Testament, in Joshua chapter 7, Achan sold out Israel for some garments and for a wedge of gold, and they experienced defeat. Balaam sold his gift of prophecy. He would try and prophesy against Israel for a price. Gehazi lied to Naaman and then Elijah the prophet for some money, for some wealth. Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit. Judas sold his Lord for 30 pieces of silver. And there are still people selling God out. They're buying into the world system. They're loving money rather than loving God. In Paul Greener's Burma diary, he detailed a situation that reminds me of the final day of judgment. He said, refugees streamed from Burma to India during the Second World War. And as they were leaving Burma and going to India, they discarded their gold and their silver and their money. And they exchanged it for some food because they knew they would never survive without the food. They would survive without the money. And they saw the value of that gold and silver and those possessions as worthless. How many people in the day of death would give all their money 
for a few more months or years of life. When we stand before God, the things that we have held on to this world will be seen in their true light. We're to use them as stewards. Now we've looked how the love of money can affect us. It can give us our significance rather than our relationship to God. It can also be a means of security rather than recognizing our security is in God and God alone. The love of money does something else. The love of money will devastate the needy. When we love money, we will devastate the needy. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 24, 14 to 15. Do not take advantage of a hired man who is poor and needy, whether he is a brother Israelite or an alien living in one of your towns. Pay him his wages each day before sunset because he is poor and is counting on it. Otherwise he may cry out to the Lord. That was the economic system in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament times. People lived on what they received from day to day. So they would work in the harvest field and at the end of the day they'd receive their wages and they would go home and they would buy tomorrow's food. And what the harvesters were doing was keeping the money back. Say, listen, we'll pay you at the end of the week or the end of the season. And James is railing out against them in judgment. Now, how does that apply to us? How should we think about that? Well, I think about fraud, being fraudulent with money. The wages you fail to pay the workmen. You know, if you're an employer, treat your employees fairly. Now, don't always expect that they'll recognize it, but you do it as unto the Lord because you have to have a right conscience before God. How important it is to know what you're doing and say, Lord, I put everything before you. When I think about when we go as citizens to the polls, we ought to be concerned about the needy. We ought to be concerned about those in the inner cities. It's very difficult to break out of the cycle of poverty. It's very difficult to break out of that cycle where people have nothing. There ought to be social concerns that the church is concerned about. We ought to be involved with the concerns of others. You know, sometimes I think as I'm driving, I I like lattes, and so I may go to a Dunkin' Donuts and to get a a medium latte is $2.49, and at Starbucks it's, I think, $3.25, you know. But I sometimes stop and I think, Lord, help me to do more for missions because half the world lives on $2 a day. Half the world. People don't live on more than $2 a day. And I'm serious. I said, Lord, help us as a church. I received a letter from the district office They said that our church is in the top three in mission giving for New York State. And that's great. But, amen, we can applaud that, yeah. But I don't want to compete against any other churches. I want to just compete against our own record and just say, Lord, 
Give us a heart for Africa. Give us a heart for South America. Give us a heart for the poor Middle East. See, God is looking at how we use our blessings and how we use our liberties. Not only fraudulence, but self-indulgence. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. Advertisers target children. They target young people more than they target adults. By 18 months of age, a child will know specific brand names, specific things that they want. And psychologists say that's a great deal of the conflict between parents and children because they see all these things on television. They're told that they're not going to be happy unless they have a certain type of candy. They're not going to have real good self-esteem unless they have the right type of sneakers or the right type of shoes. And advertisers brainwash children and youth and adults. We have made luxury into necessity. If you look at how our parents lived and how we live in comparison and what sometimes we aspire to, I pray that as we look at God's word and we realize that God is concerned when people are self-indulgent and they just don't care about anybody else, there are more Christians being martyred for the cause of Christ today than they were in years gone by. Back in the 1990s, the New York Times, one of the editors was a Jewish man. He had editorials in there. He was writing about Christians being persecuted in China. He wanted to wake up the Christian community. I think about all the suffering that's going on in the world. I was talking to Danny Vale. He was telling me about a Russian pastor who received $35 a month. And the Russian pastor felt it was way too much. And he wanted to give it to the poor. Beloved, our hearts have to be set on missions, have to be set on helping the poor, have to be set on not just living for ourselves. Before you know it, life will be over. The days on this earth will come to a screeching halt. And some people are going to be in a terrible crash. They're going to be standing before God and their credit line isn't going to mean anything and their money is not going to mean anything. Their position is not going to be anything. Just what they have in their heart and how they've lived. Something else in this text, violence. When we love money, we devastate the needy. We become fraudulent. What should be theirs when we pray, as Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven. And he says, give us this day our daily bread. Notice that Jesus taught us to pray for others, our, not just my daily bread, our. What God blesses us with is meant to be shared, meant to be given, meant to be distributed, meant to be used for others. And so, fraud. Self-indulgence, violence. You have condemned. You have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Now, there's an allusion here to our Lord Jesus Christ. He was just. He was the righteous one. And he didn't resist. And there's something about Christians who are willing to give up their lives even without resistance. You see that in the Sudan. You see that in persecuted parts of the world where Christians are persecuted. Persecuted. 
there is this meekness, this humility that exemplifies the spirit of Christ. I think about how people are murdered in our country by unfair employers. Do you know that the greatest determinant of how long you live is how happy you are at your job? They did a survey in London. They took, I believe it was... 6,400 civil servants in London. And they asked them how they enjoyed their work. Those that were severely criticized and didn't enjoy their work were 30% more likely to die of a heart attack than those who weren't. And there in London and there in England, work and the worker is not so as tied together as here in our American culture. We put more hours in. But sometimes big companies don't care about their employees. They don't care about their future. And that really impacts people. People loyal to a company for years, it doesn't matter anymore. And how it impacts people. God looks at all of that. He is going to bring nations. He is going to bring companies. He is going to bring people into judgment. See, we will not get away with things in this world. It'll catch up. Some are judged here, the Bible tells us, and some judgment follows afterwards. And so what James is saying is don't be disheartened by what you see in the culture. Just don't buy into it because there is a day of reckoning. Just walk, as it were, in the presence of God, endeavoring to please God and to honor God and to do His will. And the last and final point, love of money will result in the damnation on the day of judgment. It results in damnation. Look at verse 1. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because misery is coming upon you. Notice in that text, he's not calling them to repentance. It's as if there's no hope. Well, in that day, there will be no hope. They can repent now if they see and recognize a day of judgment coming. Now notice what the text says. Verse 3. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you. Notice, a testimony at the judgment in God's courtroom is going to be the wealth of the ungodly rich. And it's going to be used as evidence. There were those crying out in Africa for food and you neglected. There are going to be those crying out for a decent meal and you didn't care, you didn't even bother. What we do, what this world does, will be brought, as it were, into judgment. Here it is, their wealth, their gold, their possessions. They had saved it against a rainy day. But here at the judgment seat, it testifies against them. It speaks out against them. It calls them into judgment. If you look at it, it says you've hoarded wealth in the last days. And that's referring to this period of time. We should be thinking about Jesus coming. We should be thinking about the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. There should be this sense of urgency about our lives. That life will go quickly. That the days that we spend in this world will someday just be over with. And we should want to invest in the kingdom of God. Whether it's our time. Whether it's our talent. Whether it's our treasure. There are to be this burning passion that I have treasure in heaven that I'm using all of the resources that God has given me as a steward for his kingdom. Amen. 
Proverbs 11.28 says, Whoever trusts in his riches will fall. Proverbs 11.28 in the New Living says, Trust in your money and down you go. Beloved, our trust, if it's placed in anything but God, is misplaced. God gives us these things to enjoy and enjoy life, but recognize that we're stewards of what he's given, and we must use it wisely for him. In James 5.4, there's another cry. There's another testimony. In James 5.4, it says, Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. What happens is people who have been defrauded, people who have been abused, people who have been misused, they are crying out, and the cries are reaching to the Lord Sabaoth. That means the Lord of hosts, the God of Gabriel, the God of Michael the archangel, the God of all the heavenly hosts, and it's reaching his ears, and God will one day come back in judgment. There ought to be a humility about Christians. There ought to be a lifestyle about Christians. There ought to be an attitude about Christians that's far different than their neighbors because we recognize we're not living for this present world. We're living rather for a world to come and we want to be found as it were pleasing to our heavenly Father. See, it's not about us. It's about Him. It's not about gathering. It's about giving. It's not about having others serve us. It's about serving them. We're called as the people of God to live in this world like Jesus lived in this world And he lived giving himself, giving himself. He said, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. And he said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. We're called to go out into this world, even as Jesus went out in this world. Hallelujah. Beloved, something happens when we love money. In 1 Timothy 6.10, it says, for the love of money is at the root of all kinds of evil. Some people craving money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. The love of money is the root of all types and all kinds of evil. I believe what that is saying is, you love money, it's going to affect your love for God. You love money, it's going to impact the way you treat the needy. You know, It's amazing. Sometimes the rich are the last to pay their bills. (laughs) You know, they don't want to pay the bills. If you're a Christian, pay your debts. Pay your bills. Do what you have to do. The love of money will mean that in the day of judgment, you will stand under damnation, the judgment of God. You cannot love money and love God. didn't say money is the root of all evil. It said the love of money. So ask God. And I know I have to do it. I have to get before the Lord and say, Lord, may my heart be right. May it be right. It was a world day of prayer. Tony Campolo was invited to speak at this world day of prayer. It was a women's gathering. There were about a thousand women at that gathering. When Tony Campolo went there, he had forgotten about the appointment. <laughs> And he got a reminder, so he rushed and he got there, and he really wasn't prepared to speak, but uh, 
he figured he had enough reservoir in, in his mind and his heart that he would say something. And so the chairman of the women's group got up and said, Mr. Carampolo, we have a prayer request. We have a special need. A missionary in Venezuela needs $5,000 because they have to put an addition onto a hospital. The hospital is not big enough to serve all of the people that are there. And this was a wealthy church that he was in. So she said, Mr. Campolo, would you lead us in prayer? As only Tony Campolo did it. He said, no. He said, I come from a black church, and in that church... When there's a need, we take an offering. This is what he said. Fortunately, I had only $2 and a quarter in my pocket. (laughs) So he took the $2 and a quarter out of his pocket. He put it on the communion table. And then he said to the chairman, he said, now you give what you have in your purse. She took out $110. And then he pointed to the person on the first row. And he said, now you, get up and put what you have on it. He said he could feel the tension in the room. (laughs) But he said by the end of the time, he said they collected over $7,000. And then Tony Campolo said this. He said, it's hypocritical. Ask God for $5,000 when we had over $7,000 in our pockets. You know, someday we're going to stand before the Lord and it really will not matter the degrees behind our name, our education. It really won't matter the possessions that we possessed. What will matter is our stewardship. Now, I can't tell you what to do. There are principles The Bible does tell us to bring our tithes and our offerings into the house of the Lord. But I know in our culture, so many times we overspend with credit cards and we're taught to just give vent to our desires and our desire for more and more of what we already have enough of. It's difficult living in our culture. But we're called to discipline ourselves, to live wisely, because God wants us to be stewards And what James did not want to happen were that these people would look and envy others outside, others in the culture who were living the lifestyle of the rich and famous. I was talking to Mike Bell, and Mike said to me, he was aware of just people had lost over $40 million in the stocks. And I said, man lose $40 million in stocks or losing everything they had in real estate. Someday we'll lose everything in this world and only what's in our hearts and what we've done for Christ will really last. That's what matters. That's what counts. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? These words from the book of James could lead one to believe that we must earn our salvation by good works. Pastor Ed will tackle this difficult subject and more as he teaches through the book of James. We'll learn that works are the result of faith, 
not the other way around. Although Building in Faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Edward Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching through his series, Through the Book of James, right here on Building in Faith. Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Absolutely everyone. The stakes of leadership are sky high. Everyone has influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit on August 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community. The summit features leaders like Bill Hybels, Sheryl Sandberg, Andy Stanley, and more. Experience the summit at Faith Assembly, Casper Kill Campus, Poughkeepsie, August 10th and 11th. Register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio, willowcreek.com summit.